The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. 1946, the first Yom Kippur after the war. They had just finished Kriya Satoira in a DP camp called Felderfing, which was a gathering of many of the broken shells, those who had survived the terrible catastrophe and who were groping to put the shattered pieces of their lives together. And they had just finished Kriya Satayra on Yom Kippur. And on that day, General Eisenhower, the Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces, and later the 34th President of the United States, came to visit in this displaced person's camp. A few days before, they had been told that General Eisenhower would come to visit, and there was a big dispute in the camp. Those Shaimre Teire, who were amongst the who were amongst the survivors, they wanted, you know, when the General Eisenhower comes, so somebody has to greet him. There has to be a speech, or maybe a few speeches, and someone has to represent them and give him their message someone who would be able to describe their feelings, to vent the storm that was inside their souls. And the Shem Reiteira said, there's no one in the camp who can represent us, like the Kloisenberger Rebbe, Zeichat Tzadik Levrocha, the one who, though he himself had lost a wife and 11 children, was the one who went from each broken neshama to the next one, breathing life, into the embers to reignite the sparks of Yiddishkeit. And they said, who can, who can represent us? Who can give over our feelings? Only the Kloisenberger Rebbe, the father of all the orphans here in the camp, he must be the one to represent us. And then the more progressive ones and the enlightened ones and those who had already forsaken Torah and Mitz, they said, what him? We've long forgotten about that type of Yiddishkeit. We don't want to bring that again back. It's an embarrassment for us. We want to have somebody who will be able to speak to the president. A man of today, not a man of the past. Somebody we don't have to be ashamed of. And it was a big argument. And many of the people insisted they wanted only the Rebbe should speak for them. And they prevailed, but there was a compromise. The others insisted, okay, we'll have a few speakers. The Rebbe will speak first, but with three conditions. He mustn't mention Hashem's name. Secondly, he mustn't give any musr. And the third, he must speak very briefly because we want to speak after him. We want to send some of our own representatives to speak. And so Eisenhower came and they set up a big platform, a stage, and he sat at a table, and the Kloisenberger Rebbe went up to the podium to greet him. Just as he was going up to the podium, he took a talus, he wrapped himself in the talus, and he said, the broche, So he managed to mention Hashem's name. Then he greeted the general and he thanked him 
And he said, we will be forever grateful to you for the part that you've played in saving the lives, the, 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 the last remnants of a people who were persecuted, who were hounded, who were totally innocent of any crime. And we thank you for that and will be forever grateful. And then he turned to the people and he, ba- he began to encourage them. And he said, My dear brothers, we must never forget that we are the Am Hashem. We must never forget that we have a purpose and we have a tachlis in this world to proclaim the greatness to Mekadashem Shemayim all over the world wherever we go. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw fit to save our lives and we survived, we have to realize and we have to understand that it's for a purpose, that we have a mission to fulfill. And as he began to talk, he was tugging at the heartstrings of all those broken Ishamas. And the people began to cry. There are many who said they hadn't cried since they were in the camps. The wellsprings of tears had long dried up. And the thousands of people who were listening were crying and rivers of tears were flowing through the crowds. Eisenhower was shaken to the core. He was visibly and profoundly moved. And all the others who had prepared speeches said, we don't want to speak anymore. We have nothing left to say. And Eisenhower turned to the close of the and he said, Holy Rabbi, tell me what is it that I can do for you? What can I do for your people? And the Kloisenberger looked at him and they thought, who knows what he's going to ask for? And he says, today is Yom Kippur. There's four days left to Sukkot. Please, General, could you bring us Arba Minim? Could you bring us a Lulav and an Esrig? That's all we ask for. That's what we need. And Eisenhower couldn't believe his ears and he dispatched that day a plane to travel to Italy and to bring them back Dalad Minim. To give over a message to give over the feelings of Kalal Yisrael, their suffering and the triumph of their survival, to give it over to Eisenhower, we needed somebody at least as great as the Kloisenberger ever. How great do we have to be in a few nights from now to sit at the head of a table and give over the message of all eternity to future generations? To give over to our children, our Heilige Messiah, the heritage that we pass on from Pesach till Pesach that connects us to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, that Messiah that makes us who we are, that Messiah that we receive from our parents and now we pass it on to the next generation. We were taught and it was given over to us the agony of slavery and the glory of our redemption. How great must we be in order for us to accomplish such a monumental task to give over such a message? Are we up to doing such a thing? Do we understand before whom we will be standing. Do we understand? Enjoyed this story? 
Come again. Bring a friend. StoriesToInspire.org.